ACAST. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Hey gang, I'm Nikki LaCroce, and you're listening to Who the Fuck? A show that explores the power of human connection and the profound resilience of the human spirit through compassionate conversations that help you better understand yourself so you can live with the sense of peace, purpose, and joy that you deserve. Each episode offers a safe space for guests to share intimate details of their personal journey and lessons learned along the way as we all seek to answer life's most important question. Who the fuck am I? Hi, I'm Nikki LaCroce, and you're listening to Who the Fuck. On today's episode, I'm sharing the mic with Katrina Widener, business coach, host of the Badass Business Squad podcast, and public speaker. Katrina has an amazing story about leaving her corporate nine to five and creating a coaching business where she also helps entrepreneurs find alignment within their businesses and to get on the path that they want. And I'm really excited to have Katrina here today. She is a light and very business savvy. So welcome to the show, Katrina. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. You know, I remember our first conversation was so effortless and it's one of those things where it's so nice when you just have this immediate kind of click with somebody and I had just left my full-time tech job, and so I was in a place that really matched what you're doing, and it felt really relevant. We had talked a bit about human design and how our sort of unique blueprint factors into who we are and how we show up in the world, both personally and professionally. And so a lot of people, I don't think, really understand human design or really the concept of it, and I thought that might be a good jumping off point to share a little bit about that, how you got into it and what that really means for your business. Yeah, 100%. I think that's a great place to start because human design can feel like this. Either someone has never heard of it or they're like, oh, I think I remember what my type is or someone did my chart reading once and I then forgot about it. Yeah. So the way that I describe human design to people is if you think of personality tests like the Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, Finders, it's almost like that. But instead of telling you who you are at this point of time in your life, it's more of your energetic blueprint of who you are before any conditioning, before your patterning has come in, before you've had anything in your life that has made you feel like you have to act a certain way. It is instead like the woo answer to all of these personality tests of 
who you are before any of that happened. And so I really call it almost like a user's manual of how to get aligned with yourself. I love that. Uh, yeah, it's, I've also been trained in Enneagram and my training Enneagram is very much of this is who you've been conditioned or how you've been conditioned to show up in the world. I'm an Enneagram too. I've been conditioned to give to other people in order to make myself feel lovable, feel worthy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas my energetic blueprint is actually saying, there's no conditioning here. This is how you as a human being would naturally operate if you could strip away all of the shoulds in the world and just be 100% yourself. I think that's such a great concept for this show, naturally, right? The whole question is, who the Mm -hmm. fuck am I? Genuinely, we're asking ourselves this on a constant basis. And I've had people ask me if I would, if I'm considering changing the name of the show. And I was like, no, I think it's not as taboo as some people think. Now, granted, this is an older demographic, including my father (laughs) and my mother-in-law. So, (laughs) you know, I think there's a perception, but at the same point in time, you know, I accidentally signed into a Zoom meeting with my pod name showing, and it was a training session. And the woman was like, you know, I ask myself that question on a daily basis. (laughs) And I thought, see, it's relevant to all of us, right? And what you hit on with the human design part of it is there is this idea, I think, that who we are now has sort of been established. And yes, there's the whole nature versus nurture thing. Um, And I think that speaks to it a bit, which is what's the conditioning? Like, what have you experienced that has led you down this path? And at the same point in time, like needing to find that objectivity to be able to challenge your own beliefs of yourself. And that sounds like sort of what you saw with the Enneagram versus like sort of the human design blueprint side of it. I think of there's even that question of who the fuck am I? That is something that like I could look at someone's human design chart and be like, you have a clear sense of self or you don't have a clear sense of self. I could look at someone's human design chart and be able to say like, you have consistent access to your self-worth or you have inconsistent access to your self-worth. And it does this dual purpose of, yes, I feel like everyone, especially like as time goes on, we're always trying to get closer and closer to this idea of who am I? What do I actually want in life? How do I actually show up in life? Especially if you're a self-aware human, like how do I want to show up in life as opposed to how I currently show up in life? (laughs) But then there's also this just like on a very blatant level being able to look at your human design chart and seeing like, oh, I have inconsistent access to my self-worth. It's not because I'm not worthy. It's not because I like had something in my life that I need to heal or I need to solve this problem. It's just, that's the way that I was made. And we talk about, there's no mistakes in human design. There's nothing in human design that you need to heal or change or shift your mindset around this, it just is what it is. And so it gives you in a lot of ways, the ability to say, okay, so I'm this person. That means I'm not that person. And so I can operate the way I do without constantly comparing myself to how that person operates. But it also then gives you permission to say, no, this is who I am. And this is how I operate. And I can stand firm in that. And I can have a sense of confidence in sure, maybe there are some people who I can see in their human design chart, whether or not they can naturally have consistent access to their own voice. So speaking for themselves, public speaking or writing or showing up on podcasts or even just advocating for themselves verbally. And there's some people who have inconsistent access to that. 
And if we break that down on a real granular granular level, that means that I'm going to be able as a business coach to say, you would be a great person to have a podcast. It's going to be super successful. It's going to feel really easy. People are going to respond to it. This person over here, maybe not. And it gives us permission to do the things that feel good to us and feel easy and feel right in our bodies, as opposed to switching to that like reptilian brain of have to do this thing because I think that I have to do it because somewhere I got this idea that there's this should and now I have to operate off of it because I don't know any better. Yeah. And the shoulds that you're speaking to, it's those societal expectations that are embedded in us. We evolve independently of that, but it's sort of like inherent bias against ourselves, basically. Oh, 100%. And one of the things that you had said a couple of times, and I'd like you to maybe elaborate or explain a little bit more, you know, speaking to consistent or inconsistent access to your self-worth. This was a great day to have this episode because I had therapy this morning. I'm totally in that place right now where I'm thinking about it because a lot of why I kept myself in a bad relationship really kind of stifled myself in my career was those expectations, both outward looking in at me and also the internalized shame or insecurity that I've had my whole life. And so getting to a place where I was able to, you said it, the self-awareness, it's so mission critical to be able to be objective about your own behavior, not in a way that detaches from emotion, but in a way that allows you to understand and then assess and then, you know, allow yourself to feel the things that you need to feel because you don't want to be numb to it because you're so objective, but you also need some like rational clarity to be able to be more proactive instead of reactive to things. And I think you actually make that comment in some of the content that I was reading. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that and sort of how you've come to that terminology and understanding. I'm going to get really technical for a second. Go for it. I want to learn. Let's do this. Okay, cool. So in human design, there are like over a billion different configurations of your chart. It's also why it is so much more specific to who you are than maybe the Enneagram, where you have nine different types of Enneagram. Maybe you have a wing. So we got 18 different things you can be, like 18 versus 1 billion, right? It's so much more granular and minuscule and specific. Yeah. And in some of those combinations, there are centers in your human design chart. So if you ever look up your human design, it looks like the outline of a human being. And there's all of these like shapes and colors and lines and all of these things. Well, I'm talking about some of those shapes that are on top of that chart. There are nine of them. And you either have those shapes colored in or you don't. Myself, I have six of the nine colored in. I have a friend who is zero colored in. And when they're colored in, we call them defined. When they are not colored in, we call them either undefined or open. Okay. The areas that are colored in, you have consistent access to that part of yourself, that part of your energy. The ones that are not colored in, you have inconsistent access. The easiest one for people to normally wrap their head around is there is an emotional center. It's the solar plexus. And if you have that colored in, you have consistent access to your own emotions. So I am the type of person, I have that one colored in. If I am angry, I cry. If I am sad, I cry. If I am stressed, (laughs) I cry. 
maybe like 30 to 90 seconds yeah. where I'm just like, I'm so angry. And then tears come out and it has yeah, yeah. nothing to do with me being like sad or upset totally. or emotional. It just is like, I, when I feel an emotion, I feel it strongly. Yeah, I get that. And if you do not have consistent access to your emotions and are around me, you can feel my emotion in your body and you're real uncomfortable. And you're like, that girl over there is mad and I need to leave the room, even though she's not mad at me. I don't know what it is about, but I need to leave. And that is the difference of someone who has consistent access to their emotions. And I feel a feeling, I feel it big and maybe does not have consistent access. That doesn't mean you never get emotional. It just isn't happening as consistently, as regularly. Do you feel like you've evolved to that? Or do you feel like that's something that you've always felt like pretty consistently? I have always felt it consistently. I have been conditioned in some areas to hide it or to say it's not acceptable to have big emotions. It yeah, is yeah. your big emotions make me uncomfortable. So it kind of was like as a child, feel it real big pushed it down for many years, which if anyone knows anything about somatic healing, really bad for your central nervous system, really bad for your body to push any of that down. Well, that's the thing, right? Is like you push it down and you're legitimately like, that's actually what you're doing. It's not just a turn of phrase. It's like your body right. is consuming all of that energy that you yes. are keeping because you don't want to talk about something or you can't express yes. yourself. And then it's, stored there forever mm -hmm. unless you actively release it so if anybody who's listening to this podcast does not release know that <laughs> yes yes like actually if you're feeling a feeling feel the feeling don't be like and we're not doing that right now but with emotional like the emotional center that solar plexus i have consistent access to that if i am feeling a feeling i feel my feelings if that makes sense if anyone's been like, oh, I was at this funeral and I wasn't crying and I couldn't understand why, that's an like a big example, an obvious example of maybe you just don't have consistent access to your emotions. That doesn't mean there won't be a point in time when you get sad and that comes out, but it doesn't mean that every single time that something happens, you have consistent access to the energy around that. Yeah. So if we take that concept and we move it to the self-worth idea, I can, I have consistent access to my self-worth. I have the heart center. That's where that lives. I have that defined. That doesn't mean I don't ever get self-conscious or embarrassed or feel shame. That doesn't mean that I'm never like, oh, I hope I'm doing the right thing or any of those feelings. What that means is no matter how I'm feeling, I always have this base level of worth that is innate. I know no matter what, that I am worthy, even in the moments when I'm insecure. And the difference of that is someone who has inconsistent access to their self-worth is like, what does self-worth even feel like? Yeah. What would it be like to show up in the world with inherent self-worth? And the reason that we talk about there are no mistakes in human design, there's no weaknesses, there's nothing to heal or change or fix is because those areas that you have inconsistent access to your own energy means you can feel others' energy so strongly. So again, if we go back to the example of, I feel my own emotions real big, the people around me who have inconsistent access to their own emotions feel my emotions real big. They are the truest form of empath in how we colloquially talk about an empath. I am not in terms of, yes, I am not in terms of like emotions. If someone near me is sad, I can step into that sadness 
and comfort them and be there for them and support them without feeling any of their sadness as my own sadness. Oh yeah. No, I struggle with that a lot. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) If you think of that again, in terms of self-worth, someone who has inconsistent access to their heart center, which is where the self-worth lives, they can step into someone else's mess and feel their worth as if it is their own and shine that light onto these other people, right? They can do things like share their stories, right? Like with a podcast, they can be those people who are super helpful, super supportive, like able to actually show up in that specific way because they can shine a light on that really easily. In business, I call these profit potential areas. If we go back to the a different center I had mentioned where your voice lives, your throat center, someone who has consistent access to their own voice can public speak, they can write, they can like advocate for themselves really easily. Someone who has inconsistent access to their own voice is an amazing copywriter because they can show up in someone else's energy and write for them as if that other person is speaking from their own voice. You know, it's interesting that you say that. This is so fascinating to me, Katrina. It's like such an eye-opening conversation because I know minimal about human design. Like I know enough, (laughs) let's say to have a conversation with you about it and be able to contribute something, but it's like to be able to really consider those elements of ourselves outside of sort of the typical assessments of personality or human nature, character, et cetera. It's interesting to think about it with, through the business lens, which is what you just did, because I've always really wanted to do documentary filmmaking, doing the podcast. I want to help other people share their stories but I want it to be done in their voice. I don't want it to be me crafting a narrative for them. And then I think about things where it's like, you have to write copy or you have to be sort of performative in certain ways in business. And it's like that I've always struggled with because it feels inauthentic to me because it's not actually something that is coming from a place of complete integrity. And that's not to say that it's dishonest. It's just a matter of, you know, you've got to write the copy, you got to write for web, you got to make sure you do X, Y, Z, right? Like you're making sure you check the boxes. But in doing that, I mean, that's part of that external influence, right? Feel free to chime in with your thoughts on this. But I imagine that's like part of what makes it hard to like disconnect from those expectations too, is that it's part of how we learn to live our daily lives so we can be more effective. And if we don't feel like we have the strength or ability, or to your point, self-worth to make something of our own, then a lot of times you can feel funneled into the way of doing something that doesn't really match you, but you maybe don't know any different. Do you feel like that's something that either you experienced and or things that you, that come up in your coaching? I mean, when you're talking about that, it makes me think of two different things, right? When we look at the outside pressures, we have both unspoken, which is what you're talking about, like societal pressures, cultural conditioning, just like inherently the way our brains work Mm. to keep us safe. And we, it like literally takes things as our subconscious brain is constantly trying to anticipate patterns and take things in so that it can project what's most likely going to happen. So we can be prepared and not die is literally, they're like, all right, you're going to say this thing in this conversation. You're saying this thing, then that means mean you want this answer. Therefore I must say that or else I will die because it knows only these huge stakes. It can't just be like, or maybe I'll just say something wrong and we'll all move on with our lives. Yeah. Well, you've mentioned um, the reptilian brain earlier. Yes. And that's like exactly what it is. And I, I love talking to you because 
you have the psychological and physiological intelligence surrounding these issues and you're so articulate about them that it feels really connective for me because it's like I've done a lot of work. I've done a lot of mm -hmm. research. And while it might not be directly about human design at large, it's like those micro inputs into it that I'm yes. so attuned to. So it feels like maybe I know a little bit more than I thought I did. I just didn't know what to call it. But it, yes, it's very interconnected. <laughs> I love it. I love the therapeutic aspect to it. Also, I need to tell everyone on the podcast, I'm not a therapist, but I have been in therapy for a while. I have learned about this stuff for a long time. I have done the background on this in coaching. I was a life coach before I was ever a business coach. And yes, my training in human design is specifically human design for business because that's what I do for people. But there's also just like the embodiment of who you are and how to follow your energetic blueprint through your personal life and all areas of your life outside your business as well. But yes, anyway, I'm going to reel myself back in. We have like the societal conditioning that's very unspoken, but then we also have spoken conditioning, right? We have things that our like primary caregivers when we were growing up would tell us in order to try to protect us. I yes, learned that in a lot of ways, being emotional as a small child was something that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Maybe I saw the looks that we would get if I was emotional in public or those sorts of things. But I guarantee that there was also some instances of being in school and being like, this is not a, like a place where you can be emotional like this. Having conversations with my parents where it is also very spoken. And so we are almost trained from a very young age to really look outside of us for the answers and to really seek out from other people how we're supposed to act. And that is super innate. If you think of animals in the wild, I learned this recently, like a bear does not sit down and have a conversation with its cubs on how to go hunt. They just do it and the cubs learn. And yet as a society, we have been taught, we are the only animals that actually actively teach each other how to do things, even if it's unspoken. And like mama bear does not sit down and think about how it's going to teach its cubs to hunt either. It just hunts and the cubs learn by watching and doing. And we're the only animals in society that operate differently. And so when we think about the fact that so many of us are looking outside of ourselves for the answers, it's because society has operated that way for such a long time because we have the ability to communicate with each other verbally. We have the ability to think cognitively in a different way than all other animals. But when it comes to human design, what I find really beautiful is that Every single one of us is designed for exactly what our unique desires are. Yeah, I love so, that. Yeah. It's not about my parent has this desire. And so they operate in this way to go after their desire. So I must operate that way in order to go after my desires. It's no, we are actually from a really baseline level 
created differently from each other intentionally, because if you were created to be just like your parent or just like your friend or just like your competition, you would have been created that way. Like, honestly, I feel like human beings would have been extinct by now because yes. bad decisions have been made like really consistently historically. So I think <laughs> like the evolution is necessary as yes. both a species and individuals, even just you having this conversation, Katrina, I'm thinking about, it, I'm like, you know, we talk about how society has conditioned us. And I think a lot about this right now because of just the state of the world and you look at things that are happening people are just trying to have basic human rights and i don't want to go on the complete tangent here i just but i think that it's a poignant statement you know that like we as human beings challenge our instinct to be who we are more than accept it because of the impact of the way things have been cultivated around us in society mm -hmm. and we're at a point in the human timeline where people are awakening to that and we have been enabled with the type of technology that lets us proliferate thought more and granted there's good and bad that comes with that obviously but what i find really fascinating is the desire that we have as human beings to take a step back and ask those questions is this right should we be doing it this way is this what i want does this make me feel good Am I comfortable? And something that you pointed out about having big emotions is, you know, growing up, I was very impulsive until really I went to a lot of therapy, probably still pretty impulsive, but being able to acknowledge things that I didn't like in how I behaved and being able to say, you know, when I get really mad, it reminds me of my dad. And my dad's mm -hmm. a pretty even killed guy, like 90% of the time, but man, that dude stresses me out when he's mad. And I also imbibe that and then regurgitate it in my own reactions. And it's like, this doesn't feel right to me. You know, it felt almost instinctive because it was impulsive, but it also in retrospect now feels really disingenuous to like the empath that I am because it hurts me when other people hurt. So why am I the person that when I fight, I go for the jugular immediately? I'm like, mm -hmm. if I'm going to fight, I'm going to take you down. I don't want to be that person. I didn't want to be that person anymore. And it's like your circumstance, you know, is dictated to your point by making the decision to say what I feel, what I've known might not be who I am and what I want. It's sort of the nature of the way that I like to do the show. It's like, tell me how you got here. Tell me who you are, mm -hmm. because to be having this conversation, you've gone on a journey, right? And so you're saying to people like, I know you're on this journey and I know it can be a challenge. Here are things that can help you understand yourself better so you can find the path that feels the most authentic and true to who you are. And I just find that so, it's so powerful as like just an overall statement on the type of work that you're doing. But I also think it says a lot about what people need and what they want and what they're craving. And you do dive in quite a bit to the connective tissue and how important that part of business is as well, is that there is a human element to it. We are people and we're seeing that yes. a lot in the workforce right now where people are like, we're not robots, we're not machines, stop treating us like we don't have hearts and souls and needs. And to be able to help people gain the confidence, whether they're entrepreneurs or they're in any other capacity from a professional perspective, I think it's something that people can learn a lot from because 
you have to be able to get to that place with yourself to be able to really decide, you know, what your happiest path looks like. 100%. We are the only animals that think about how we think, right? <laughs> I hate like, that about us. <laughs> well, it has great things that come out of it and it has really horrible things that come out of it. Yeah. As you were talking, like people have been saying for my whole life, like commending me for how self-aware I am. And that is great because I like being self-aware. I would much rather be self-aware than not self-aware, but also me being self-aware from a young age comes from anxiety. It comes from overthinking. It comes from saying vigilance. Yes. Yes. We have all of these things where it's like, I, I can talk myself into being the bad guy in situations when I wasn't already, because I'm like, well, this person obviously is acting this way because they were triggered from this thing. And it's bringing up these feelings of inadequacy. And this thing happened that caused that thing. And I can see how that started from their relationship with their father, blah, 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 blah. Because I understand how this shit works, guys. I I know this. So then when I'm like, so they're treating me terribly because of all of this back, back history of their thing. So this is how I probably was triggering them. I'll just stop triggering them. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, no, this person's treating you like complete shit, Katrina. How about we like not be friends with them anymore? And I'm also like, like tell yes. them to go do the work. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. And so like our ability to think about how we think can be so helpful because in a lot of ways it allows me to have that empathy of you're acting this way because of this thing. It allows me to look at myself and say, I don't want to act this way anymore. I want to change this thing about myself. It's if you think about how society changes, it's because people wake up to themselves and become rule breakers. And that's beautiful. And that's amazing. And all of that stuff is good, but it also has negative repercussions. And when we talk about it in terms of human design, human design is a body-based approach of moving through the world, not a mind-based approach of moving through the world. Okay. You know, I'm going to say... Go on. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the easiest way to explain this is if we look at the nine different centers that I talked about, we have like your root center. It's kind of like chakras, but it's not at all related to chakras. There are seven chakras. There are nine human design centers. Sound similar. There's your root. There's your spleen. There's your solar plexus. There's your G center. There is your sacral center. There's your heart center, your throat center, your Ajna your head, and I'm missing something. No, that's all of them. That's nine. I counted. So you have all of these areas, but none of them is your brain. Yeah. And that's because really the area that we're storing our conditioning and our patterning is in our brain. So say we make decisions from our brain, you're making conditioned decisions. Yeah. Because it's all cerebral. Yes. Yes, exactly. And so if we think about like, okay, so I have a big decision to make. There are seven different decision-making authorities in human design. If you have heard of things like trust your gut or sleep on it, talk it out, feel through it, like just act upon impulse. That is a thing for some people. All of those are different. I don't have the ability to trust my intuition. I don't have the ability to trust my gut. I don't talk it out when I make decisions. I don't act upon impulse. I sleep on it. That's it. I have a decision to make. I wait 24 hours. And then I go with what I'm leaning toward. And 80% is enough for me. Other people might 
have a gut yes or no. Every time they ask themselves a yes, no question, they get a gut yes or no. Some other people have to talk to somebody else and see what word vomit comes out of their mouth and then re-listen to the word vomit be like, oh, I just made that decision and I heard myself say it out loud and now I'm going to go take action. Seven different decision-making authorities. None of them are think about it. None of them are make a pros and cons list. Oh, <laughs> none of them are ask your friends what they think. <laughs> and in terms all... of, so, sorry. Yeah. So to, Go ahead. when you think about talking it out then, right? Mm-hmm. So it made me think about being in therapy and that a mm-hmm. lot of people, I think, have a misconception of what it means to talk to a professional because mm-hmm. they believe that somebody's just going to tell you what you should do or give you advice in like a very clinical way. And Mm -hmm. what I've found to be so amazing for me, and particularly with the therapist that I work with, is that as the words are coming out of my mouth, being like, oh, no, I heard it. That was an actual moment that we have. It's like, no, I heard it. Just give me a second. Hold on. I'm getting there. It's happening right now. (laughs) I know. And it's like to be able to own that and really feel, you know, present with yourself in those moments that you're conscious of it. It comes back to, I think, that self-awareness, but like, being willing to sit with the discomfort of the discovery also. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I had therapy this earlier this week. I had a conversation with someone earlier today and it is also, it's one of those things that's so interesting. We're like talking through something and having someone else reflect back to you what you have said more so than give you an outside opinion. Totally. Game changer. Just and then, then they like ask you changer. questions that like force you to acknowledge something that you've said and you're like, shit. Mm-hmm. That's when I pay you the big bucks. But you know, <laughs> I think that's an important thing to acknowledge too, right? Is like, you, you have to do some degree of this. I mean, you have to do it for yourself, period. But like, you have to take the first step and have the open mindedness to say, as you did earlier, I don't want, or I don't prefer to be this way. So if I don't like it, it's completely within my control to change it. I just have to understand how and I think that's really interesting in terms of the human design aspect of it is because it it gives you just a deeper understanding of that core and then gives you the opportunity to reflect and then the way that you're applying it to your business is to basically say how do you shed those self-limiting beliefs and I will say I actually really feel like because of how you approach it if I were going to make the decision like I would need it to be with somebody like you I'm not that person who's going to be like boot camp motivated it's the fastest way to get me to quit the thing about coaching is like I okay like I said I started as life coach I've been in the coaching world I've been had my business for over five years I've been doing human design in my business for years now and Since the very beginning, I have always been immediately turned off by coaches who are like, I'm going to teach you the strategy of how I did what I did, and now you're going to implement it in your business, and we're going to move forward. And that always felt wrong to me, but I never really understood until I started doing my human design for business training. It really like solidified to me where I'm like, you are teaching me, if you teach me a strategy of how to show up on social media, that's going to be great for my business. Cool. Thank you. Excellent. How do I know that's the right strategy for me? How do I know that's going to be successful for me? How do I know that's aligned for me? And I've talked about alignment even longer than I've talked about human design in terms of being a business coach, because the thing is, and again, easiest example for alignment, think of an extrovert versus an introvert in business. It is my job as a business coach to direct them and guide them differently. 
Yeah. I'm not going to tell an extrovert to show up in business the same way I'm going to tell an introvert. And I feel like so often, and I don't want to go on like a tangent of like, you're totally fine on the coaching industry, because there are great people who show up and do things differently than I do. But it is a, like a common narrative, for instance, to just tell the introvert to get over it and show up the way the extrovert does. And my entire goal is to help the people I work with make more money doing less work in a way that feels fucking good to be in. Yeah. I love that. What is the point of starting our own businesses if we hate doing what we're doing? Yeah. (laughs) And that's the line. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's such a powerful statement, Katrina, because it's like my entire career in tech, I have said every single job I've been at, I just need to work for myself. I just need to work for myself. And it's not because I can't be in an environment where you're in a company setting and an environment where you have leadership. But it's also, I I think you had said this when we originally spoke around just the inability to be effectively micromanaged because like your worldview is sort of like beyond that, right? Stop telling me that I'm a hammer and that's a nail and you just need me to hammer that nail. That's it. I don't want to do that. It's not fulfilling for me. And I think when you really get to the human design aspect of that, it does combine with this sense of purpose and fulfillment, which is, I believe in just my own knowing of this is that feels like something that's innate whether you know that or not what your purpose or what's going to fulfill you is if you explore that then i'm certain you can figure it out it's just a matter of putting yourself in the right environments to be able to assess sort of is that it what's that feeling what's that that inkling that i have you know and being able to come from a place where i can work for myself and i can sustain and it's not about just you know punching a clock or hammering that nail or doing what somebody else told me to do for a cause that I don't really particularly care about. This is about doing something for myself. And if I'm going to do something for myself, then I want it to be something that I can appreciate, enjoy and value, you know, on both a core and success based level. The thing that I feel like happens so often within the coaching world or really when you start your business is that people will ask you like, find your why or find your purpose. And in a weird way, I think that's where it starts. This like outside pressure to show up a specific way. There's this like TikTok video that's been going around for a little while now where this girl keeps being like, I think my purpose in life is to lay down. I wanna lay down on my couch. I want to lay down on my bed. I want to lay down on the beach. I want to lay down in a hammock. And when I think of my business, (laughs) my life purpose is to have fun and connect with other people. Those are, that's my purpose. And have fun can mean contentment. It can mean satisfaction. It can mean fulfillment. It can mean peace and calm. It can mean having a good conversation with a friend. And I'm also a huge community person and it is in my chart. I have three out of three of the signs of community in my chart. Can also mean going to a conference, going to a networking event, going to a concert, hosting a party, all that kind of stuff. And so when I think about 
my quote unquote business purpose. This mindset of starting a business or operating in a business, or even this mindset of being in a job, like you're saying, like you are a hammer, here's nail, go hammer that that nail. It's about how you feel on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's what all of this is about. I don't give a shit if your business is doing amazingly. I actually love working with clients where they're like, yeah, I'm making six figures. I'm making multiple six figures and I hate it. I'm stressed. I'm burnt out. I'm not enjoying what I'm doing. This feels terrible. And I'm like, cool, let's get your business aligned with you and your goals. And then guess what? Most often you start making a shit ton more money anyway, because now you enjoy showing up in your business. Now you enjoy doing the things on a day-to-day basis. And everybody always has things to work through. You reach one level. There's a new, like, quote unquote, limiting belief to move past or move through. I have a caveat when I talk about this also for people. When I say move past, I don't mean push it down and act without that belief because you know what? It's then not actually going to go away and you're not going to actually heal it. And it's still there and it's still going to show up and still cause a whole lot of havoc, (laughs) whether that's in your business or in your life or in your brain. When I say move past it, I mean like take the time to heal that. But I think that we live in this society where so many people are operating on autopilot and the pandemic really got people to say like, wait, I'm not operating on autopilot anymore. I have woken up. That did feel terrible. No, I don't want to go back to that. That's why I started my business in the first place. Like you and I talked about this the first time you met. I had done a huge corporation. I had done freelancing and I had done a small company and all of it felt like I was being like, shoved into a box that's about the size of like this big. And for anyone who's only listening, we'll say like maybe the size of a ring box or something. And you have to operate within this box. And if you leave this box, then bad things are going to happen. And I was like, I don't want to spend my entire life living in other people's boxes. I love that. Yeah. Like that's not, that's not what I want out of this life. How I live this life now for me is how do I want to feel every single day? How do I proactively design a life where I live that way every day? How do I prioritize in the moment how I live that way every day? (laughs) And that's what I do with my clients. And it's, it is like, how do we make more money? How do we do less work? But it's how do we prioritize how you feel every single day so that you can do all of that stuff? Yeah. Because what's, What is the point of being, I feel like so cliche right now, but I'm like, what's the point of being like alive and showing up on a day-to-day basis if we're like not enjoying what we're doing? It's not, I don't think it's cliche in the sense that, I mean, it feels cliche, yes, but it it also is extremely true. true. It's extremely (laughs) true. In my life, when I've been my least happy, particularly with work, it is those moments where I feel completely separate of myself. I feel like everything that I'm doing is for somebody else. I feel like my ability to create value is virtually non-existent, if not completely non-existent. And the thing that's always really resonated with me when I've gotten to the place where I'm like, I need to quit this fucking job, is that I can leave a job and feel a sense of gratitude for the people that I've worked with 
and the connections that I've created. And this is something that you said, you know, my purpose is to have fun and connect with people. That is totally my purpose. And I remember being in therapy and having this moment being like, my purpose is to connect with people. I know that. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know what that means, but I just, I feel it. And I kept coming back to it and kept coming back to it. And so to your point, it's like my purpose wasn't, I'm going to have this specific job. It was like, my purpose is to help me feel the most like myself and show up in the world in the way that feels the best to me. And also that means for me in that purpose to be able to help other people and to be there for other people. And because of the day-to-day, -day, the routine, the way we go through life, autopilot's 100% the correct way to describe it. I think about going to business conferences and being like, by the end of the day, what was I even saying to anyone? I don't know. I'm trying to sell somebody something that I don't want to sell that they don't want to buy. It's so inauthentic and it's so just short term. It's, mm -hmm. it's just so, it becomes irrelevant so quickly. And for me, what I care about is creating something that lasts, whether that is a business, a relationship, whatever it might be. What I love about what you're doing and your message and really just your personality overall and the way you've explained this is really helping people uncover that by asking the important questions and giving them the valuable information so they can make those determinations and not feel like they're so contained anymore. It's like we're, I feel like we're like a generation of people that have been like banging on a door to get out and like actually live our lives and we're at a point in time that it does feel like because everything is so fucking crazy in the world that it's like we're at a tipping point and i'm pretty sure our generation is like we can't do it anymore guys <laughs> we're just not going to do it anymore and so we need people like you and other coaches and people in businesses who are empathetic who lead from a place of humanity and then you can grow collectively and i feel like that's one of the biggest challenges in business is there's this inherent embedded competitive nature because we need mm -hmm. to get a step ahead. And I talk about this with my partner a lot. It's like our parents' generation is like, you have to be like, yes, multiple people can be successful, but it's better for you if you're more successful, you know? And it's yeah. like, okay, but is it, do, do I have to be, can we be equally <laughs> right. successful or just right. both successful in different ways? And I think what really emphasized, um, this for me too is like wanting to bring people together and wanting to have this sense of community. So you have your podcast, The mm -hmm. Badass Business Squad, which I keep butchering. My words are not working. Um, <laughs> no, nope, you're you, doing great. Thanks. <laughs> I'm like, I talk for a living. <laughs> what is it? It's like, you're doing amazing, yeah. sweetie. <laughs> but you also have a limited program, The mm -hmm. Badass mm -hmm. Business Squad Mastermind. So this yes. is something that you do like within your business as a community. Um, so mm -hmm. can you share a little bit more about that? Because I was reading about it and I was really interested mm -hmm. to go down this path with you a little bit further. Yes, I have my business set up specifically. I think this is a great example of like full circle what I do in my business. So I'm going to answer that question, but I'm going to start a little bit behind go for it. what people thought I would. When I first learned about human design, I was strictly doing one-on-one -on -one business coaching. I was at a point of time where I was, I thought I was an indecisive person because I didn't know how I make decisions. I really was, had no idea how I wanted to show up in my business. I was basing my business model on what other coaches were doing, how other coaches were marketing. 
I was like in the talks of hiring someone to plan a full out sales funnel for me, which would have been like $5,000 of something that I didn't really want to do, but I thought that I had to do in my business because that's what they were telling me is like how you make money, et cetera, et cetera. And I learned about my human design and I kind of put things on hold. And at that point in time in my business, I had told one of my friends, I was like, I feel I'm a very visual thinker. I do, I do not have an inner narrative. I do not have the voices in my head. I just have like feelings and thoughts and visuals. And life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Toulousma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Toulousma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on ElectroCast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. I was telling her, I was like, I feel like right now in my business, it's like I'm standing in coagulated oatmeal. And in order to move forward, I have to like break one leg out in order to take one step. And it's so much work just to take one step forward. And that was the point I was at before I learned about human design for business. I learned about this human design for business. And I've been thinking for a while about doing a group coaching program. And I had just started the first round of this group coaching program. And it was very like amazing timing. Thank you universe that I was learning about my human design while starting this group coaching program, because I was seeing this feels so much more natural to me. This feels like fun. This is something that feels like I'm hanging out with a group of my friends every week, as opposed to pulling to get clients for this other stuff. I'm bending over backwards, trying to figure out how to do one-on-one coaching. At that point in time, the way I had it set up, it wasn't really my favorite thing to do anyway. I was charging so few dollars for so much of my time and expertise that I was actually resentful when I was hopping on calls with my clients. But I thought that was what I had to do to, and so much of my business up to that point in time was encapsulated by those words. I thought that was what I had to do. I mean, it just hammers home so much. Yes. The importance of taking that step back because you were already on this journey for your independent business, Yes, but you were still confined. Yes. And I specifically have beliefs around, I must do this thing in order to earn this thing. Those are like my beliefs that I'm breaking down right now and will be probably my whole life. But Therapy never ends, Katrina. No, no, it doesn't. (laughs) This is also, I'm like, guys, coaching is just therapy for your business. Go also see a real therapist who's accredited and can help you. Yes. (laughs) So the mastermind is really the adult, fully formulated, informed version of that group coaching program. Now that I have the experience, now that I fully understand exactly like where and in human design, I have one particular thing too, that says from ages zero to 30, it's trial and error. It's figuring out what you like, what you don't like. It's bumping into things like just like figuring it all out from 30 to 50. It's like 
objective wisdom, you now know what you want to do. And it's just acting upon that and taking in more information on the thing that you already know. And from 50 and on, I get to be that like wise old witch on the hill that people just come to me. And I am imagining myself living in the practical magic, like beautiful house full of plants and cats. And I love that you just referenced that (laughs) something we have not discussed, which is important to know about me is that I have a lifelong fandom for Sandra Bullock in every capacity. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So imagine me being one of the like aunts, like in one of those like outfits, just being like, come find me and I'll give you what you need, but I'm not going to do any marketing or anything. So yes, the mastermind is my objective wisdom stage of doing what I've always done. And that is me being a huge community person, huge extrovert, love to talk. But instead of doing business coaching in a way where, which I still do one-on-one coaching, I take three clients at a time though. I'm super limited on who I will accept into one-on-one coaching, or I should say like how many people I accept into one-on-one coaching. And how long is the program that you do typically? Six months. Okay. That's what I thought, but I couldn't remember. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So the mastermind is really the best part of my week every week, essentially. It's group coaching. But it's a little bit grown up and it's a little bit more refined and made so that you get to go through this coaching experience with me. We get to talk about, I get your human design before you even get started. We get to go through creating and adapting your business based off of your current needs, but in a group setting with other people who are learning at the same time, other people who are supporting you, providing you feedback, like being the people who... You can say, hey, does anyone have a resource on this thing I'm trying to do? Or I just got these photos back. Which ones? I'm leaning toward this one. What do you think on this? Or, hey, I wrote copy for the sales page. Can you guys give me your feedback on it? But what is even more magical is just like the relationships that get formed. I have people who still meet years later being like, this was my group coaching, like cohort member, however you want to describe it. We do... January through June, June through December sort of situation. Mm -hmm. There's two a year. We have people who are completely launching new services, created the sales page, got their positioning, learning about your buying culture and how to set up a buying culture so that it converts. And this is also a great example of how like, yes, I talk about alignment and we talk about like how to build a business that works for you, but there's that all that strategy there too, guys. Like it's literally... A wealth of information because we also have monthly experts then come in and each mastermind, those experts are really catered to the members of the mastermind. That's really cool that you do that. I think yeah, so. How I, did you come to that decision to like bring somebody in to help facilitate and augment more learning? Well, the first group coaching I ever did was two months long. We had six group experts because I have always been the person where I am a, I'm a mentor. I'm a coach. I'm a teacher in that sense. I'm not an instructor. I, I get that. Am, yes. I am not someone who's going to come up in front of you and be like, I'm going to do an hour long session on how you can do X, Y, and Z. I am someone who will sit down on that exact same topic and teach you how to adapt it for yourself. And for me, that comes from a lot of who I am naturally, how I naturally operate, how I talk with people. I'm a very like call and response sort of communicator. What I love doing is really helping people, but also my value of being very specific to this is your need. This is your goal. I can teach you that in a coaching relationship, but if I'm teaching five people, even the exact same thing, they're all going to want 
to do it differently because they're all different yeah. human beings. And so for me to approach teaching versus instructing also just makes sense in that realm. But feedback based on that first one, I definitely had a belief at that point in time that it needed to be hyper-educational based as opposed to more coaching based. I have since moved way past that belief. And we do it now where we have, it's coaching, it is hot seats, we're sitting down, we're working through business problems as a group, as a community, together as a whole. And once a month, if I know that you guys are all working on sales pages, we just had this week someone come in and the entire two hour session was based off them helping each one create their own sales page map out exactly what the wireframe will look like. There was, of course, like a template to work off of, but how to adapt this template for each of your individual needs, individual styles, individual products or offerings or services. And what I have really recognized is when I am in a mastermind or a community like that, having it really catered is what gets the best results. And for for me as a business coach, My success as a coach is based off of my client's successes in their business. And so if I can do anything I can to make them as successful as possible, I'm going to do that. Yeah, I think that's a really beautiful way of explaining it too. Something that I wanted to touch on that you had mentioned in terms of the educational format of it and being a teacher, but not an instructor. I really like that distinction. I think it's super important because- it's sort of similar when I was trying to hire out a social media manager a couple of years ago. One of the people I was talking to was like, you need to do ebooks. And I was like, that's just, I'm not an ebook person. And I feel like to your point, it's sort of one note and not to disregard that like certain tactics work for certain people or certain business models. It's just more like I knew, even though this person had like seemingly the most clout of everybody that I was talking to, that this person didn't understand me enough to be able Mm -hmm. to help strategize in a way that felt the way I wanted it to be. I think setting that boundary for myself was really important because it was like, I felt it in that moment. I was like, yes, you seem to have the most growth potential based on what I'm seeing here in data, but the qualitative data that I'm receiving from you right now, doesn't align with me and what I want in terms of how I want to run a business. So it's sort of like, well, what's the consequence of doing it my way instead of somebody else's way? What's the benefit of doing it the way that feels right to me versus going down a path that yes, is proven, but might not be proven for my use case. And even if it is, do I feel proud of what I've done if it doesn't feel genuine to who I am? And I think Mm -hmm. being in my career in tech for so long, that's something that I still battle. I've been doing things for other people for so long and I've been taught the way to do things in my career based on this. And I had so many moments of pause where I was told like, don't do that, don't do this, don't speak this much, don't do that, da da da. And I'm like, wow, this sucks. You're in a ring box. Yeah, I'm in a ring box and I'm understimulated. And honestly, you're not getting the best from me because if you understood who I was, you would see a shitload of potential because I sit here every day and question why I'm not reaching my full potential in this shitty job, (laughs) you know? So getting to a place where you can really, this comes back to the first part of our conversation, stand in your self-worth, give yourself, you know, the space to explore what it is you need, who you are, what you feel about yourself and show up in the world that way, regardless of what anybody's going to say or think about it. And that takes a lot 
of intention and growth. It is not something most people just come to. It's important for people like you to be in the world and sharing that information and showing it to people who need a light to guide them a little bit. I certainly feel so much more enlightened just from this conversation. Our first conversation, I came away from feeling really energized as well. And I can imagine it's just probably like when you have these group coaching sessions, it's probably just really dynamic and fulfilling to both be involved in it and then walk away from it with that sense of that was something really powerful. Do you feel that way? Oh, 100%. It's one of those things that like, I look at a course, for instance, like you mentioned, courses, I feel like can be helpful in ways like teaching you how to learn a skill, right? I took a course when I first started my podcast. I learned how to edit using Audacity. I learned how to upload to Libsyn is like the platform I use. Mm -hmm. I learned all of that kind of technical detail, super helpful, super impactful. But when we switch into the CEO role of our businesses, when we look at big picture, when we're looking at the forest instead of the trees, having nuance and being aligned and being strategic, but strategic for you in particular That's where the true success comes in. You can't automate aha moments. Like you were saying, when you're like in therapy and you say something and you're like, I heard it, I heard it, let me process it. You can't have a course provide those same results necessarily. Or you can have a course and one second of it gives you that aha moment, but you paid for this huge thing in the hopes that you'd find some nugget within it. Yeah. And so when I look at the mastermind, It's a perfect example of me listening to my alignment and me leaning into who I am as a human being and how I operate best and how I coach best and the particular product that I can pretty much guarantee that people are going to get shit done, but I can also pretty much guarantee that they're going to feel good while doing it. Like I said, I look forward to every single meeting, even when I have conversations with clients where they're like, Uh, I feel like I'm not getting as much done as I want to. They're like, but I, that has to be a me thing because I show up and I feel great in the moment and I learn all of these things. So how am I contributing to what I'm doing when I'm not in this space? And we get to have interesting and dynamic conversations around that. And it's the perfect culmination of when you are aligned and when you can like self-evaluate and know yourself and drop away the shoulds of I should do it this way or I should do it that way and really lean into I want to do it this way. This way feels fun to me. Like I said, my life purpose is fun and connecting with others. So if I am, I don't know, having fun and connecting with others and my like favorite offering in my business, then that means I am showing up at the top of my potential. That means that I am operating at my very best, that I'm excited to sit down every single week. I love doing it. I know that we knock out really big problems and we move through like really big things. I do three-month check-ins too with each member so we can say, what do you need more of? What have you loved so far? What, What would be great to add that you're like, I feel a gap over here. I'm struggling in this area. Literally the one I had this week, we were talking about the six month versus 12 month. And they're like, oh, I would have immediately signed up for 12 month. 
Like now knowing what this experience is, I don't want to be done at the end of six months. And there is no better like thing to hear as a service provider than, okay, the thing I'm doing is making you feel the way I want you to feel when you're in this. Yeah. I love that you just said that because I was going to say that's like the ultimate compliment. Mm -hmm. I almost feel like referring to yourself as a service provider really like understates the impact of it. You're creating connection through human interaction directed at business success, right? That Mm -hmm. is the intent and it is so much more than a service being Mm -hmm. provided. It's a learning opportunity. It's perspective being shared. It's introspective. It's acknowledgement of, you know, desires, passions, purposes. And Mm -hmm. to be able to facilitate that and draw that out of people and have people have a group of people who are so committed to themselves and what they want and what they feel is right for them to show up and be so excited about it, to be enthusiastic enough to say, I would want to keep going with this. What an absolute gift to be able to feel so aligned to your purpose. Like I feel that for you. It's exciting. It's why I love doing this, sitting here and getting to talk to you and hear your story. This is the whole point. This is fun Mm -hmm. and purposeful and I'm into it. And I feel like when you know what it can feel like, you want everybody else to be able to feel it too. Yes. Yes. Exactly. That that actually is probably the very best description of what I do is I have found the thing in my business that feels like so much fun that feels like I would give this as a gift to someone right yeah. <laughs> like I did I would just do this even if I wasn't getting paid and they always say that sort of thing but it's like no like I literally volunteer as a co-leader for a local entrepreneurial community oh cool and we host it once a month and we have these conversations and it's much less specific and it's not at all the exact same thing, but I do literally do that for free. And there's this quote that's like, going to spend the rest of my whole life making other people feel less broken. But when I look at what I do now, I feel like it's like, I'm going to spend the rest of my life, like helping other people feel good in their day-to-day And I do that through helping them feel good in their day-to-day in their business. Yeah. Gosh, Katrina, I just, I absolutely adore your perspective. The business model that you're running is just so impressive. And I feel like your energy and the way that you speak about it, it's just so clear how much you care and how intentional you've been with finding your own path. And I really respect and appreciate that because it's something that I've definitely found myself coming into more, especially in the past few years. Like I've always felt like I was meant for something bigger for lack of better statement, but it's like, that's sort of the inclination that I've always had. And then to hear you speak about your own journey, to hear, you know, the experiences that you're having with the people that are part of your community, it just further, you know, validates that feeling of follow your purpose, follow your heart, make sure that you feel good when you're showing up in the world because we don't have all the time, right? And I think when you step away and you can see the parts that don't make you happy sort of in the rear view mirror, it can easily be like, oh gosh, why did I do that? Or why did I do that for so Mm -hmm. long, you know? And at the same point in time, there is, I think, a really immense amount of gratitude for, like you said, getting through it and then finding out who you are on the other side of all of it, whether that's personally or professionally. And the way that you've expressed 
your excitement about your own business. It really sparks a lot of inspiration in me and I value your time and your energy and just your commitment to yourself and the people that you're working with because I think that you're exactly the type of person that we need to show up in the world because we can't keep living like our lives and our happiness doesn't matter. And what a beautiful gift to your point to be able to bring to people for them to be able to see themselves and show up and create the life that they want. I mean, it's really tremendous. So thank you for doing that. And thank you for chatting with me today. I appreciate all the time. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that nice, amazing string of compliments. And also very much. Yeah. I always, I knew like that first conversation we had with each other, we were just like, okay, this is a vibe. We're here for this. This is going to be great. And no, so, I've already yes. established that we're friends. Like that's, <laughs> yes. that's happened. I'm sorry if you don't want to be, but it's, it's there. No, I'm here for it. This is great. And thank you so much for having me come and speak. It's been so much fun. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, gang, that's all for this episode of who the fuck Katrina. I appreciate you taking the time to chat. And if you guys enjoyed our conversation today and want to hear more from Katrina, check out her show, Badass Business School wherever you get your podcasts, where she interviews expert guests to share insights and advice to help you with your business. And you can also follow Katrina on Instagram at katrina.widener and check out her website for more info, katrinawidener.com. Thanks for listening to Who the Fuck. And if you like what you hear, share the show with your friends, family, coworkers, or anyone else you think needs a healthy dose of introspection and raw authenticity. Feel free to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. It's always appreciated. And you can also visit whothefck.com to check out more content. Plus, you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at whothefck underscore pod to keep up to date with what's new in my world and for exclusive bonus content. Catch you on the flip side. Welcome, explorers of the human experience. This is Let's Talk Soul, and I'm your host, Claudia Monicelli. We're not afraid of the great mysteries of existence here. Soul versus consciousness, we're on it. Spirituality versus science, we've got that covered too. Join us in navigating these profound topics with wisdom, curiosity, and a dash of audacity. Whether you're a spiritual veteran or just starting your journey, Let's Talk Soul is your passport to the unknown. Let's Talk Soul, diving into the depths of the human spirit. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a beautiful different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA.